Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Good morning, friends, and welcome back to Mosaic. Like I said before, I'm Naeem Fazel, and if you're just tuning in, just so glad you're doing it. I know that uh, we'd love for us to be all together in person because it feels like forever, but I'm just glad that you're joining uh, us right now. And if you're watching this later on, I'm proud of you because I believe that God wants to really speak to us uh, during this time, and especially this morning. The Easter message is so important to our daily lives, and it's good to remember what Jesus has done and how we're a part of that, so part of that. So uh, let's, let's see what God does. Let me pray for us. Can we do that? Father, I just thank you so much uh, for the people who are watching, God, who feel connected to us, but they're not in CLT, or they feel like they can't right now just be in person with other people. God, I know that that you can move uh, regardless of space and time. And so, Father, I know that uh, in this moment, you're going to speak to us and you're going to do a work that only you can do because you are who you are. And so, God, I lean into that and I pray that we would lean into what you want to say and what the Spirit wants to tell us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Uh, well, a few years ago, my daughter uh, came up to me and she said something that I will never, ever forget. I just won't forget. Okay, it was classic. You know, here's what she said. She said, Dad, Dad, you need to do something about you being famous. And then she kept on going. She said, see, the thing is that, you know, a lot of people know you, but I don't think you're really famous. Now, when she's saying this, as she said, I'm shocked. I'm like in, in shock. I'm like, what, what's going on right now? Why is my 12-year-old telling me this, you know? And then I'm thinking, what is she hearing? What is she watching? And what do you mean I'm not famous or I'm not famous or I am famous? Like, why are you thinking about this? But then she continues. She goes, yeah, Dad, you're, you're kind of in this ugly, awkward middle phase. You know, you're not really famous, but a lot of people know you. And you need to do something about that. Then she keeps, keeps on going. Then she says this. She says, you know, you know, Dad, I think you got to pick. Like, what are you going to do? The Bible says, yes, the Bible says that you need to be hot or cold, not lukewarm. And then doesn't the Bible say something about God's going to spit you out of his mouth? Yes, she said all of that. First of all, uh, she took uh, the scripture in Revelation and she totally misquoted that. That is a passage of scripture. It has nothing to do with being famous or insta-famous or anything like that. But that's interesting, isn't it? I'm like, what are these kids thinking? And you know what? I'm, as she said this, I was like, you know what? Whatever, man. I'm, I'm, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And people like me, you know? Remember that? phrase. But anyways, I thought about that, and she is right. N not the fact that I'm not famous or not famous and not enough. Regard no, the idea of being in the middle, like the idea of, of like not being this or that. It's the ugly, awkward, um, 
uh, uncomfortable middle that, that, that is true. It's always strange, regardless what you're in the middle of. Like, so personally, you might be in the middle of a, you know, a relationship right now, and it's kind of like that you just started. And if you're, you're not this, but you're not that, you, don't, you haven't had the conversation about where are we going, it's a little messy. The middle is always messy. If you're growing a business, the middle is always messy. If you're growing a mustache, guys, shave it off. I mean, but it's always messy. If you're trying to grow your, uh, you know, grass in like in your yard, not grow weed, but grow grass. <laughs> I mean, it's, the middle is always messy, regardless of what you're trying to do. The, the middle is always uh, messy in life. And personally, you might be in the middle of something. You might be in the middle of maybe redefining what your relationships look like. It's messy. We're trying to figure out if uh, this is the direction you need to go to, or you started something and you're trying to figure out, should you stick it out? The middle is always messy. And I think you and I uh, find ourselves in the middle of a lot of things. In fact, the world that we know it, we as a society, we're in the middle of a pandemic. You've heard this before, but we're still in the middle of it. I mean, I would have thought that when it started about a year ago, we would be done from this thing. But no, we're not. We are still seemingly in the middle of it. And it's messy. It's awkward. The middle is where you start doubting all the things. You're like, is, is God still in this? Did he tell me to do this? What are we doing? What's happening? Is God even interested in us? I mean, we've had all these conversations. The things you used to believe and know and think this is true, all of a sudden you get to the middle part of whatever you're doing and you start doubting. You start thinking, what's going on? Because it's just a lot of gray areas in our life. In our society, it's happening not just with this pandemic. I mean, right now, we're in the middle of a radical um, reformation um, in, in regarding race and gender. I mean, we're having these important conversations, and we're not really, um, the dust hasn't settled. I mean, we're really diving into this, and it's getting ugly, right? It's getting awkward. It's getting super messy in all the social media platforms. But we're having it. We're in the middle of this. For some of us, I mean, the truth is we have, we're in the middle of deconstructing our faith. I mean, for some of us, we, we, we've kind of realized that what we used to believe is not what we believe right now. And a lot of you might be in the middle of going, I don't even know what I believe anymore. And I just want to say, Mosaic is a, is a good place for that. Like, we are, we are the right church for that. I mean, I've told people before, like at Mosaic, I want you not just to, um, like, find your faith. I want you to actually lose your faith first. Because we need to lose our childish faith. We need to lose the faith that, that maybe doesn't really make sense anymore. And we need to reimagine and reconstruct what a relationship with Jesus looks like and what the movement of Jesus looks like to you and to us. And so the truth is, that's great, but it's still the middle of everything. Like I said, the middle is messy. Right now we're just divided as a nation. Again, we're in the middle of all of this. And so if you find yourself in the middle of something that's kind of maybe trivial but or maybe something really painful. If you find yourself in a place where you start off strong and now you're like, I'm not quite sure. Well, Easter is a great Sunday for you. Today is a great Sunday for you. The Easter story is a great reminder for us about how God is always in the middle. So let's jump into the Easter story. But here's what I want to do. 
I don't want to read the story that you could read by yourself and we kind of know of. I want to talk about the rest of the story because I believe that the Easter story kind of ends with like, uh, you know, Jesus being resurrected and it's all good. Like all the Jesus movies, I mean, it ends at the point where Jesus has been raised from the dead and it's all great. It's awesome. But I think that's where the story actually starts. And the Easter story that starts there is the story that speaks to us of how God is in the middle of, of the mess in the middle of the doubt, in the middle of the pain, in the middle of everything that you and I are going through. So let's jump in. If you got your scriptures, you can jump to it. I'm going to be in Luke chapter 24. Now, Luke uh, writes this story of this account in his own way. All the other gospel writers write them in their own unique way. But the general story is this, that early that morning, Sunday morning, right, in a sense, like the women went and went to the tomb. They found that there was no body there. The stone had been rolled away. And then some some, uh, uh, gospel writers talk about angels, angels being there, and tells them this, that why are you looking for Jesus? He's gone. He's been risen. Why are you looking for the uh, living among the dead? And then they leave, run, and tell the other disciples. And then Peter takes uh, his group. He starts running ahead of them. They all get there, and that's what they find. They find an empty tomb. And that Jesus is resurrected. But the truth of the matter is, is that when they saw an empty tomb, they weren't like, yes, it's happened. They were like, what's going on? Who stole the body? He should still be in there. In fact, that's where they were in the middle of it. They were still in the middle of the, of the mess. You see, like, if you take the Easter story, you realize that um, the Easter story is like kind of like, um, the, the first part of it, the beginning, is like a Friday. Like the Friday was when Jesus was, um, was tortured. We actually had a good Friday service th- this past Friday, and we talked about pain and suffering and what God wants us to do in, in light of that, like how he wants us to respond to pain and suffering, and not just ours, but other people's pain and suffering as well. But Friday is for that. Friday is this idea of like pain and torment. But then Saturday in the Easter story, is the day of confusion. It really is. It's the day that people didn't understand what was going on. And Sunday, early Sunday, it's still the day of confusion. And then, obviously, Sunday, you know, when they find out, it's the day of like, oh my gosh, um, resurrection. And it's amazing. So if you look at Friday and Saturday and Sunday, I think for some of us, we're kind of stuck in Saturday, the day of confusion the day of these guys, they find themselves in as well. So what happens after that? Well, let's pick up the story there. The scene is, is that they've been to- they went to the tomb. They found no one there. They don't know what's going on. Now we pick up the story. It says here, the same day, two of Jesus' disciples were going to the village of Emmaus, which was about 11 kilometers from Jerusalem. The writer obviously puts it there because he wants us to know it was a little distance away. We don't quite know exactly why he put, you know, it was very particular about that. One day we'll know. But it goes on, it says, as, as they were talking and thinking about what happened, Jesus, Jesus came near and started walking along beside them, but they did not know who he was. Just imagine the scene. The disciples, these guys are walking around, they're walking, and this guy joins them. 
Have you ever had someone just join your party, like walk beside you? Now, we're being in crowds. Remember when we were in crowds and people walk beside each other? You're like, okay, they're just walking along. Have you ever had someone just join the conversation, right? It happens at work. It happens in school. It happens on campus. People just join the conversation. So this guy just joins the conversation. If you have people, someone just come and just stand in the middle of your conversation and the awkwardness is like, uh, do you want us to tell you what we're talking about or what's happening? And if they're really good at social interaction, they flow right into it. And if they're not good, it's just awkward, right? But think of that scene. The two people walking along and Jesus appears, but they don't know it is Jesus. And then he starts talking. So it says here, Jesus asked them, uh, what were you talking about all uh, talking about as you walked along? It's like, what are you guys talking about? The two of them stood, uh, stood there looking sad and gloomy. So their, their faces say like, are you serious? Are you serious? And the two of them just, you know, they were just in, in their own zone. And then one of them, it says Cleopas. Now you've got to remember that name, Cleopas. He asked Jesus. So he looks like the guy who just you know, interrupted them, in a sense. It was walking beside them. They don't know it's Jesus. And this is what he said. He said, are you the only person, are you the only person from Jerusalem who didn't know what was happening there in the last few days? Like, I don't know about you, but he just sassed Jesus. He's just like, are you the only guy, bro? Like, are you the only guy who ha- is clueless? Like, you, are you the only clueless guy in all of Jerusalem, you don't know what the biggest thing happened. Like, you're, like you, you don't know what's happening. You don't know what's blowing up on Twitter. Like, you have no idea. Do you, you, you even get out? Like, what, what is wrong with you? It's one of those. I mean, it really is. He's like, he wasn't like, oh, let me just tell you, we're just so sad. No, no, he's like, are you clueless? Which is it's really interesting because this is part of the, what? It's part of the Easter story. And then Jesus kind of plays along. He's like, what do you mean? Jesus asked. They answered, those things that happened to Jesus from Nazareth, buddy. He didn't say buddy, I'm putting it in there. But, but, but by, by what he did and said, he showed that he was a powerful prophet who pleased God and all the people. And then, and then the chief priests and our leaders had him arrested and sentenced to death to die on a cross. He was like, he was this guy who did these amazing things. And our leaders and our religious leaders, they, they, they had him arrested, tortured, and they killed him. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. That's where we're sad. And, and obviously you have no idea about this. What's wrong? Why? And then Cleopas says this. That's why Cleopas is so important in the Easter story. He says, we, let me just tell you, we, we had hoped that he would be the one. Like we had really hoped that he would be the one to set Israel free. But it has already been three days since all of this happened. He's like, it's been three days. So here's the problem. We find ourselves in the middle of this. Like, I don't know what happened. It seemed like God was all about him. It seemed that God was doing miracles through him. And he said something about three days. And now we can't even find the body. We don't know where he is. And we had just hoped, man, we had hoped that he was going to be the one. Have you ever hoped for something? Like, I would have, I just hope that this time it would be good. Like, I just hope like, that by now I would be settled. Have you ever had that? Like, I just hope that I would have been, you know, this far along. Have you had that thought? 
Maybe you, you've had this thought, right? Man, I, 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 I'd hope that I would be married by now. I mean, I really did. I, I, uh, we'd hope that we'd be parents by now. It hasn't happened. We, we, I, I thought I would have a job by now, that we'd be settled by now, that I would have real friends by now, that, that, that I would know what to do in life by now. And I seem like I don't know. I'm too old to be figuring out stuff. I need to be doing the stuff that I'm supposed to do. I would have hoped that I'd be further along. I would have, we would have hoped that we would be financially settled and not struggling month to month. I would have hoped that I would be healed by now and freed by now. Have you ever had the thought, yeah, you're stuck in Saturday. You're stuck in the middle. In the middle, it gets messy. It gets ugly. You don't know what's going on. We would have hoped, but we don't see anything. Which I think it's really interesting that they are talking to Jesus himself and they're going, we would have hoped. I think this is like, it illustrates so well a prayer life. It so illustrates our relationship with God. Like we go to him and go, Man, I would have hoped that this would have, like you have answered my prayer by now. Like I would have hoped that this would have happened by now. I don't even know where you are. Because when you're in the middle, God doesn't seem to be recognizable. When you're in the middle, it's so messy, you can't really see God working. We're in your middle of the pain and the grief, in the middle of serious disappointment and, and despair, in the middle of extreme loneliness that you don't even think you could have experienced. God cannot be recognized, but you can't see him. He could be talking and walking with you. He could be asking you questions and really penetrating your soul, and you don't know. You don't know. And then you say, I would have hoped by now, God, that you have answered. And he's right there in the middle. Just know that God is right there in the Saturday. He's right there in the middle of everything. So the story continues. What happens after that is, is that he keeps on talking to them, and then it's getting dark, and they ask him to come and have dinner with them. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, that's okay. And he goes, they go, they go, no, 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 you should have dinner with us. It's late. And, and he ends up having dinner with them. And here's what's interesting. He, he breaks bread with them, and Luke says, he says, as they sat down to eat, this is Jesus, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. So he does this thing, right? And then suddenly, he says, suddenly, their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. Like, this is part of the Easter story. Like, what's going on here? What's happening? The guys are like, oh, wait, 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 what, what? Because he does the whole breaking in the bread and the blessing, and they're like, ah, oh, this looks really familiar. Ah, uh, this is, I know a guy who used to do this all the time. Hold up, hold up. Why can't I not see you? You're kind of one of those guys that cannot really place what is going on here. And you're like, as soon, as soon as he gave them the bread, boom, their eyes are open, and they're like, oh, you, it's you. Where'd you go? And I think this, again, is the middle. The middle, when God moves, it's like you see glimpses of him. All of a sudden, you're in the middle of this trauma, in the middle of this pain, in the middle of this uh, confusion, and you see glimpses of God. You're like, oh, th this was a great, and then he goes away. And th you go, oh, oh. Just, he just wants to kind of show us, hey, I, I am here. I am here. And for some of us, you need to know if you're in the middle, God will show you glimpses of him. And that does not mean he's left for good. Does that mean that at all? Because then we continue with the story. So what happens? These guys run and tell the other disciples, guys, he, uh, we just saw him. 
We just saw him because at that point they had not seen him. Like, we just saw him. He has risen. He is risen indeed. He's risen. So what happens? Well, let's pick it up. It says here, it says, as, and just as they were telling, uh, telling them about it, Jesus himself suddenly, uh, was, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. And then he says, peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and and make sure that I'm not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. And as he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Yeah, it perfectly describes the feeling of when you experience something that's too good to be true. You're like, ah, is this real? I'm not quite sure. So he shows up and he says, now if this was Arabic, right? He speak, spoke Aramaic. But if this was Arabic, the first thing Jesus would say is, assalamu alaikum, which means peace be upon you, which is kind of uh, cool, I think. And so he says that. They go, hold up. What's going on? They see him, but they're like, this is, are you real? I'm not quite sure. And then he begins to show them, hey, look at me. Look at me. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Touch me. I'm, I'm the guy. I am, huh, I am him. Again, in the middle, God can show up in the midst of you, and then he has to actually convince you that he's working. He is the person there. I think God has to convince us because there's been so much doubt, and in fact, there's so much fear. We are actually afraid to believe. We're afraid to believe that this could be true. We're afraid to believe because we're afraid to get hurt again and disappointed again. And so we're like, I'm not quite sure. Like if, because if you're real, you, just, you were real for, a, you know, a long time here. Then you left and now you come back and I'm not quite sure and what's going on, what's happening. And you could be a ghost and I, I don't, we don't know. And I think this expression of they were filled with disbelief and filled with joy and wonder at the same time, which if, again, 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 that's what happens on a Saturday. It really does. See, on a Friday, you know you're in pain. It's very clear you're in pain. And on Sunday, you know there's hope and it's a new day. But on Saturday, you kind of be like, I, I, I have this hope, but I'm not quite sure. It's just what? It's awkward. It's messy. It's, it's, just, it's just strange to be there. Strange to be there. So, so what do you do? What do you do? What, what, what happens? What happens here? Well, if you think this is the end of the story, friends, it's not. Because we haven't even gotten to the fish tacos. Yeah, there are fish tacos in the Easter story. You don't believe me. Okay, let's get, keep on going. Then what happens? Then he asks them. Okay, so you're showing him, them, you know who he is. They don't believe in a sense. And then he asks them, he says this. I, I, love, I love this. He says, do you have anything here to eat? Like Jesus is like, hey, this whole like this, whew, this weekend's been a, whew, it's been a, it's been a thing. Hey, woo. Yeah, I am famished. All this torture, all this resurrection stuff. Oh my gosh, I am starving. I'm like, can you give me something to eat? 
like I broke bread with some people, and as soon as I broke bread, I disappeared. I was about to eat it, poop, it was gone. I'm back here, I am so hungry. Which is so strange, because in the life and the ministry of Jesus, he's always eating. He's always like, he's the guy in the character in the movie, you know, who's always munching and eating stuff. This is Jesus. But he's always inviting us to the table. That's what he wants to do, right? He always wants to eat with us, which is so, which is so profound. Because I think eating is, you don't eat with everybody. You know, when you, once you start eating with people, it's, it's a, a level of intimacy that's, uh, that's a, the next level in a relationship. So anyways, he says, do you have anything to eat? And then, then, then they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he ate it as they watched. Now, the broiled fish, this is where I get the fish tacos from. Because you know, he just didn't have fish. He had to have pita, and pita is close to tacos, and I just, I'm just going to say he had tacos. Is this embellishing? Yes, of course it is. Okay, of course it is. But he had fish tacos. And by the way, on the fish tacos, in Charlotte, if you're here, friends, velvet tacos, people. It's amazing. It's amazing. Just wanted to let you know. Okay, so back to tacos, back to him. So they watch him eat, which is strange. They're all like, and he's just eating. These are good. This is good. Who made this? Did you, Mary, did you, did you make this? Mary, did you know <laughs> that this is amazing? Okay, he keeps on eating. And then he said to them, hey, he says, okay, let's talk. Then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. So he's reminding them. He's like, hey, this is all supposed to happen. And then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Yes, yes, it, it was written a long time ago that the Messiah would come and suffer and die and raise from the dead on the third day. So it's happening, friends. It, it was so written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. That there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. And you, my friends, are witnesses of all these things. All these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with the power from heaven. He's saying, friends, this is supposed to happen. This is what I was supposed to do. I'm, I'm coming to restore humanity. I'm coming to restore the world. I'm doing something that you will not even understand, but I just want you to know I'm, I'm resurrected. I'm doing this because I've made a way that you don't have to be stuck on a Saturday. I've made a Sunday for you. I've made a, a day where you, are, you come alive once and for all. I've made a, a way where I have canceled death in a sense. Like I took death and made eternal life out of it. I took a tomb and in one sense made a tunnel out of it. I, 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 I did something you, you would not under, understand. I removed this idea of religion from you that you have to be a certain kind of person and know certain kinds of things to have a relationship with God. I removed all of that. I've, I've made a way that I have... I've come and, and made a way where you can, as you are, you can come to God as, as a person who misses the mark all the time, as a person who sins, as a person who is not, it's far away, it's seemingly from what you think perfection, perfection is and even, even, what the, even what God has for you. I've made a way that you can have a relationship with God. This is what I'm supposed to do. And by the way, you're supposed to... Uh, Take this message and 
and by my authority, preach it to all the world. This is the Easter story. You see, friends, we think the Easter story ended, you know, ended in a sense, uh, the, 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 the story of Jesus. No, it began a revolution. Like, that's where this story started. It started with him saying, hey, this is now the end of my part. Now you start. Now you go. See, the Easter story is you and I being commissioned to do the work that God called us to do. It's to tell everybody about that he is the Messiah, that he has been raised, that he has made a way where there seemed to be no way, that you and I don't have to be stuck in a, in a perpetual Saturday all our lives, that there will be, there's a Sunday coming in a day that God will restore everything, bring justice to everything, that you and I who have been abused will have healing and would have justice once and for all, that, that he will right all the wrongs and that there will be a removal of, of pain and suffering and there will be no more tears on that day. It's the Sunday that God has promised. He's saying, that's what I've called you to do. You're actually called to proclaim this and I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And then he goes, and then what happens? It doesn't end there. Then, then, then what he happens is he leads them. He leads them after that to, to a town in Bethany and lifting his hands to heaven. So he goes and he lifts up his hands to heaven. He blesses them. And while he's blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. That's the Easter story. That God has blessed us and commissioned us and called us and said, this is the good news. The good news is that even though you're in the middle of a mess, God is walking and talking to you. God is working in the middle of it, creating a Sunday for you, creating a way for you. And you're called to tell the world about it and to experience that yourself. See, Isaiah 64 says this. I love it because Isaiah was a prophet who, who prophesied a lot about the Messiah. He says this. He said, before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. When I read that, I, I'm reminded again about the fact that in the middle of my mess, God is working. John 5, John 5, Jesus pretty much says it. John 5, 17, Jesus said this. He said, my father is always, is always working and so am I. I mean, I know you're in the middle of this. I, I, I can't even begin to imagine the grief. I can't begin to imagine the, the, the complicated emotions that you're feeling, the up and down, the roller coaster. I can't imagine what hangs in the balance for you to make a right decision about this. I can't imagine the fear that you have about making the right decision about this relationship. I can't imagine that. I just know this, that God's in the middle of that, that your father your heavenly father is, 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 is working in the middle of that. He's in the middle of that. And so, and so is, is Jesus. And if you find yourself going, I am just, I, I'm just stuck in Saturday. And I don't know why. I think God's punishing me. I, I don't know what's happening. If you find yourself overwhelmed by this, the, just the, the fallout from this pandemic and what's happening, maybe the, it's left you disillusioned. It's left you just confused if you find yourself de deconstructing everything and finding, I'm not quite sure what I believe anymore spiritually. I'm not quite sure what I think about people and Christians anymore. I'm not quite sure what group I belong to, even if I want to be in a group. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And I'm not quite even sure if God's still interested in me. I get that. You're stuck in the middle. It's awkward. It's messy. It's where confusion and doubt grows. Um, but can I... Can I just read you something? It's a passage that reminds us that there's a Sunday that's coming. It's Romans 8. I love this. It's in, the, it's in the message translation. It's paraphrased, but I love the way it reads. 
Let me read this to you, starting in verse 31. It says, if God, if God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst, like God is exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There's no way. No trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. I am absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, but absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because, because of the way that Jesus has embraced us. Don't you love this passage? Because I believe this to be true. So in the midst of your doubt, in the midst of you thinking, I don't know, I don't know, know this, that no hardship, no hunger, no homelessness, no despair is able to remove God's commitment and God's love towards you. Hang in there. Sunday, my friends, is coming. And if you're already there, let's tell the world about this because we've been commissioned and empowered to do that. So here's a couple of questions. Let me pray for you. Is he walking next to you today? And maybe, just maybe, you're too blind to see it. He's just too blind to see it. Or is he revealing himself to you today, but you're too afraid to believe him? You're too afraid to believe him. Or is he calling you? Is he calling you today and you're too preoccupied to join him? I think these are the questions that you and I need to answer. But if you want to know where God is in the middle of your mess, he's in there in the middle of it. And you know what the beautiful thing about our mess and your mess? Because sometimes we say, oh man, I'm just a mess. Yeah, you're God's mess. And he's in the middle of it, making a way for you and me. That's the Easter story. He is risen. He's resurrected. And he's made resurrection power flow through us so we too can be resurrected. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for this, this morning. We thank you, God, that we're reminded that in the middle of our confusion, doubt, in the middle of our, um, even our self-loathing, in the middle of that, God, you're there. You're there. We don't recognize you. Don't, we don't see you. We don't know. Some of us are even talking to you, but we don't know if that's you. God, I pray that you would reveal yourself to us. And then, God, you reveal yourself to the church. And you remind us, God. You remind us, God, that the Easter commissions us. It begins the story of the church. It doesn't, it's not just a resurrection. It's the beginning of a revolution, a movement that you're asking us to be a part of. 
So God, I pray that we would do our part. And for some of us, God, today, as we're making a commitment today, as, you, as we know you're calling us today, we're no, we're no longer preoccupied. We are going to join you. And for today, out of all days, we're saying, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you my mess. I give you my Saturday. I give this to you. Would you forgive me of my sin? And would you fill me with the power of your presence? In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And if you've prayed that or something like that, this is the beginning of a conversation. It's not, it's not the only conversation you have with Jesus. It's just one of the ones you're going to have. I pray that you would respond however God wants you to as he speaks to you today and he's already spoken to you today. We're going to sing one more song together, but let's see what God does. Love you guys, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.